This week on the Reverse Stick Podcaster, Tom Craig is with us to talk about... Well, 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 well he's a kookaburra. Oh, a kookaburra? He's a kookaburra. A bird? Well, he's sort of. Greetings. Welcome. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Matt Allen, my co-host. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. He's not just a ho- it's not just a hockey podcaster. He plays hockey as well for the Kookaburras. I know you don't get to see them. Well, it's been that long since I've seen any of yeah. them. You, you, you know, you know his brother Ben, who, who plays for the Kookaburras. Well, he's that's his other brother that ben plays Craig. for the Cook. Yeah, that's the other brother, the one that does the podcast as well. Anyway, he's coming up in the show later on, isn't he? Yeah, good, good to have Tom on. Yep. Um, how, how are we- you, mate? You good? How are you? I'm John Lay. This is a typical smooth start to the show. Jo- Hi, John. I'm Matt Allen. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here with you folks for episode 1577 of yes. the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Oops, He's getting excited. We've uh, done a, a firmware upgrade on the Roadcaster oh, Pro. Um, a few different bells and whistles on there. Um, some exciting new new audio pleasures to bring to you this <laughs> evening. You've been playing, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. I don't know where I get the time, because I really don't have any. Oh, we'll get to Tom Craig shortly, before we do. I've got a big news event for this week. Do you Go on, one? yeah. Yeah, okay. well, I've got, yeah there's, there's a few things happening. Is, is it this week? Yeah, it would have been this week. Last Friday, uh, in Luzon, was the executive board meeting of the FIH... And they released but a statement on, on, later on, in the day. Online, I don't think they're... Uh... No, we'll get to that. I was going to say, they did it online due to the ongoing challenges of the COVID-19 global health pandemic. Are the FIH and back? Are they right. back in? Are they back in the office, though? I don't know. We might have to give them a call. I, I'd actually heard that they weren't back in the office yet, but that could be totally rubbish. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they did it by video conferencing. Good move. We surprised that. Look at well that. Well done. Funny you could hold a... Congress. As well as discussing and evaluating the current uncertainty surrounding the pandemic, which will continue to be closely monitored, the Executive Board was presented with reports from all departments of the Federation. Okay, so basically, breaking down this um, this press release, uh, health and safety being of utmost importance, the Executive Board was talking about the safeguards between the FIH and national associations for the Pro League to begin again. And now, men and women in Germany and Belgium are taking the field behind closed doors in their encounter on the 22nd and 23rd of September. We can understand why those uh, that's happening. It's basically due to government guidelines, etc., etc. You know, and that's uh, how it's going to work. So there will be broadcasters and um, involved in this, so that we should be able to see them. Uh, a total of 18 matches are set to be played between September and October. Then there'll be a bit of a wait, and then January to June will be the completion of the Pro League with 76 scheduled matches. I've already had my say on that subject of the Pro League in Hockey World News, in case you hadn't read it, Matt. Um, yeah. But it's good to see that they're taking precautions. In well, the great, the great news out of all of it... We are getting back to playing hockey at the international level. Yes, and... Um, and well, if, if, particularly if uh, it'd be good if you can get the whole Indian squad out there, wouldn't it? But there's a few of those who are a little bit under the weather with COVID at the moment on the return to the national camp. So the interesting let's, line let's there, though, John... Let's just say that nothing at this stage is guaranteed. No, but, but we don't Still, want to go too heavy we, we, into we, COVID. We, 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 we'll we, we'll we, get we'll, out. Stay away from that. 
it's good to see the plan we just is, want to, going, is in place for things to go ahead. Yes, yeah. We just want to break because we are actually out playing at the moment. The interesting line oh, on here is, following funny. a recent review, the Hockey Five's rules have been updated and, and, and will soon be available or download, um, to download on the FIH website. They are now available, John. I've had a look at them. The great news is Hockey Five's is now Hockey Sixes. They've changed the number of players that are playing Hockey Fives. Oh, so they're not counting the goalie. In fact, they've got five players, but they're five still players. requiring That's a goalie. That's it, a goal with goalie yeah. as well, which is great news. You heard it here first on the so reverse So it's indoor stick. hockey. The global... You said it, John, not me. Oh, you can okay. read it. You can read into it what you want. Okay. Go on, I'll let you get back to it. Well, you skipped ahead to the, that, no, I the just, bottom. It was glaring. I saw it. I read oh, it earlier okay. on. I thought, I'm going to check that yeah, out. That, that's a bit we're waiting to get to at the end. Get rid of the boring stuff and then smash the interesting okay. stuff at the end. Okay. Uh, health and safety stuff, we said about in terms of development, blah, blah, the uh, regulations for the delayed top- Tokyo Olympics are out, so match schedules and all those sorts yes, of things yes, to do. That. So that should be pretty standard stuff, you'd think. All those games you won't be able to see on your yep. local screens. There's been an update on the code for the World Anti-Doping Agency, which has been updated to... Um, no, the FIH has now updated their anti-doping rules to... uh doesn't say what those updates mean or say, but easy enough to find out. And we'll be in use from January 2021. Don't do know do, anything about them? Yeah, just... Don't do drugs, don't do kids. Drugs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, specifically, don't go to Russian doctors. Would you suggest that? Yep, Is certainly. that going too far? Um, if you want to be racist, John, then that's fine. Thought we had enough very, of that. Very stereotypical. I'm surprised you didn't do the accent as well, then. And uh, as you mentioned, there will be following a recent review of Hockey Fives. Who do you reckon did the review? So I was just I was just picturing you in your Russian hat then. That's why I was laughing because you, of course, are Russia's biggest hockey fan. I am. Yeah. So I was asking. Uh, in other news, the EB formally ratified the decision to move the dates for the FIH Congress between the 18th and 23rd of May 2021. So they used a teleconference to decide that they would ratify that they weren't going to have a teleconference, essentially, didn't they? Fantastic. Brilliant stuff. Um, uh, sorry, also, I was just thinking, just on your Hockey Fives rules question, it could have been Vlad's lads. Maybe they did some work on it. Good off. Yeah. Um, the um, ABL also approved the selection of the Deputy President of the FIH Judicial Commission with nomination of Janice Shardlow from England being unanimously approved. And they, look, this is, this is a line that, this is a little bit that really got me thinking at the end of all of that. There's a bit there. The executive board held a moment's silence in memory of all members of the hockey family who have passed away in recent months, including, but not limited to, Olympic gold medals, Balbir Singh from India and Muhammad Asad Malik from Pakistan. Yeah, uh, a moment's silence, including, but not limited to. I'll just leave those thoughts with you. Well, if you've lost somebody due to COVID-19 and they're involved in the hockey family, we stand in solidarity alongside you and uh, we'll have a little moment silence ourselves now, John, won't we? That's a long enough a moment. Let's get on with it, shall we? You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. You've got, oh, Martin Gavilan has been elected. Gal- Gallivan. 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 <laughs> you know, hey, you, no, 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 no. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I tell you why you just said that? Why? Because you heard this. Order. Order. <laughs> you said gavel. Gavel. And, anyway. Uh, 
Martin, I knew I'd get to use that at some Martin point. Martin Gallivan has been elected president of the Welsh Hockey um, Association. Hockey Wales. Hockey Wales. Congratulations. Well done. He was competitions manager, manager at the FIH. Yeah. So, uh, he's not on the website anymore, so I'm assuming he's not, not, no in, not, not in two roles. <laughs> no. Well, we're hoping. Who knows? But he's not there, so, and he would have been there before because he was. Yes. So we have to assume. And uh, good luck to Martin and the Hockey Wales too. It's good to see them. Uh, Interesting. I think he, he made some notes about he was the second, second elected president of Hockey Wales following Anne Ellis, who... Where is it, John? She was in the role from... Uh, 1996 to 2016, Matt. Okay, so it's been a long search, hasn't it? Well... To find the right person. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We could easily find from our friends at Hockey Wales, find out from them, um, you know, what, what the process was in between. Was there a, you know, a temporary president at the helm? Um, but we're far too lazy to try and do that, <laughs> uh, if you're listening. Uh, Jonas, if you, can you find out for us, Jonas, and let us know, please, Sam? Good on him. Just, well done, Martin. And I look forward to the res- continuing resurgence oh, the of course, Welsh hockey. Oh, going very, very well. Very well indeed. I think they should pick more Joneses. Why? Oh, just, you know, then you know it's a Welsh team. Uh, yeah, okay. David Jones and Tom Jones. <laughs> How long? Well, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Less than 10 minutes and the accents have started already. Fantastic. Let's get, Let's get on to serious stuff. What have you got on your list? Well, I've got, well, I've got lots of things. We've, we're feature-packed, feature-rich again, John. We don't even have to talk about hockey. We've got so much hockey features to fill into this jam-packed episode well, 157 start of the reverse stick. What, now? Yeah. All you right. You want to start with? Uh, yeah, I've got one to start with. Oh, okay. Oh, new toy time. Stand, stand by your beds. Um, well, I think it might be time for this, John. Mystery. I asked for jingles and things to get sent in. Nobody sent anything in at all, so well, someone's got to do it, haven't they? Well done. Just one more time, you know, just just in case you missed it the first time. <laughs> oh, there might have been somebody talking. Or... Mystery. That's right, it is time for I Matt's I can see Kanye West wanting to remix that. Mystery file once again. We are looking at the hockey circle. News and views of the hockey world. This is from July 1961, John. Mm. And we just turn one page in, I think, with this one. This is totally random. Oh, Vic Jensen's shoes the, are on the, the back. The boots are on the back again, again. yeah. And David Lacks, Taylor's. Look that's at that. Crazy. That's a classic look. Leading blazer and uniform uh, specialist in Melbourne. Uh, of course, it is the game that grows, John. This is from the editor. Like I said, totally random. Just pulled this one out of the hat. I think you'll like this one. It's... Uh, well, I've no, I haven't read it. I don't know if you're going to like it or not, John. It's the first time I've set eyes on it. So let me just take a little refreshment, which you wouldn't mind filling again just for a moment. Right. No, I'll just leave some dead air there. That's all right. Our audience will understand. Why do the players persist in kicking their officials in the teeth? <laughs> Queensland last Sounds month... Sounds like a rough league. <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> Queensland last month ran one of the most highly organised Australian championships, plus a test game, on record, yet the majority of local players showed by their poor attendance they could not have cared less. And this lack of interest was a real kick in the teeth for the officials who had slaved for months over the preparations. It would appear that this apathy will always be with us, unless, as is often done, 
the players are compelled to buy or sell tickets for big hockey matches. In the long run, the absent player is of course to make up any loss, for he still remains the main source of revenue for the game. This, this resistance to hockey watching is worldwide, and the only people who have apparently solved it are the officials of the England Women's Association who herd schoolgirls in their thousands to their international games. But whether they continue to attend when they grow up, I cannot say. Outside of the glamour of teams from India and Pakistan, there are many factors, factors why hockey lacks spectator appeal. There are unsuitable grounds, speed of the play, size of the ball, lack of personalities, untrained teams, and, last but not least, the long spell between outstanding hockey events. Well, that's chase, isn't it? <laughs> For it has been six years since Brisbane last saw an Australian senior championship, and it was 34 years ago that the previous test game was played here. And this, you will agree, is far too wide an interval between top fixtures to enable any sort of a following to be built up. However, on the credit side, Brisbane players did an astonishing job in entertaining the visitors. And I like the story of how, as their hosts came through the front the members of one visiting team went through the back door. It seemed it was the only way they could get any sleep. It looks to me, then, as if hockey will continue to be a sport to be played and not watched, and that officials can really do very little about it unless they are prepared to use compulsory methods. Compulsory methods? Well, isn't that... that I think it was last week was the 1982 edition that I'd read, and they talked about... In the the old time, administrators had it right by forcing every player to have two tickets for games, um, and that was seen in '82 as something that worked. But obviously, we're looking here in 1961, and that wasn't the case. That wasn't working, and they weren't. Well, they weren't doing it. They weren't so doing it. Wasn't then. working because yeah. they wasn't turned on. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that. What, but it's things we talk that? about still. Apathy, apathy from people that play the game to get engaged with the top end of the game. Um, untrained teams. Lack of personalities. And that's something that will come up in the chat shortly with uh, with Tom Craig talking about personalities within the game. And uh, But we, we, we just... Uh, it's, it may be the game that grows and then shrinks and might grow again. I, but it's, it's always a revolution. And we, we still talk about the same things today that they were talking about 40 years ago. In, in, in some ways... Sorry, 60 years ago. In some ways, the, the, our game, the nature of the game, doesn't allow for personalities. And, and I use the term personalities in the sense of on-field characters. Now, there's plenty of people with personalities off the field, but that's more to do with media coverage and promotion that those personalities aren't known. And when we talk about personalities on field, there's very little time in a game of hockey for those personalities to be allowed to come out because the game moves so quickly. And it's more so now. Yeah, and if you're on three-minute or seven-minute rotations, your actual game time... The game's moving on so quickly. And, you know, they talk about it and say in a game like rugby or football and those sorts of Aussie rules... But there's, there's time within the natural play of those games where those personalities can be, for want of a better term, um, allowed to shine, shine yeah, to be exposure, ball time, are put up with. Almost. In a game of hockey, your teammates won't put up with that because the game's moving so fast. But there's moments in a lot of other sports where a 
personality can burst out and and is given the room to do so. When we say personality, thought that I came up. When you with say then, personality, right and this, they say personality, there are we talking about characters? Well, I think so. In in that realm, the public character, or is it? Can can personality be quantified by ability and brilliance on field? No, no. What we're talking about is is something that's beyond beyond what you do. Ability and how good you yeah. are, or uh, those sorts of people will always carry something with them. But sometimes those people are very quiet and don't aren't these big personalities. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think what they that's what that person is alluding to. The the larger than life characters that appear on and on the sport field in front of us. Yeah, you know, what does a hockey player do when they score a goal? They have to run back to the middle. Because the other team starts the game straight away, right? They and the NFL, the the bloke who scores a touchdown, he's standing in front of the crowd screaming. His teammates are jumping on their doing woo woo. That doesn't really, and that's in any old game, any old game yeah. in the NFL that happens. Not just a grand final or something. So we don't. That doesn't happen in any old game of hockey at international level. In the big games, it might. Yeah, but it's interesting just look, looking at the the Kookaburras over the past couple of years and. There are definitely there. There are those more introverted characters, and we've talked about them on the show before. And there are those big personalities. Yeah. Um, Chris Zarella is a good example of that. Um, I would I would say he was probably somebody you could characterise as having some personality on field. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But it, it's still much harder for that personality to come across with it. I would argue within the confines of the game we play, the natural way that it's played. Nothing. Yeah. It's not a, a criticism. It's just an, obs- a, yeah, an observation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. There you go, Matt's mystery file. Shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. A big shout-out to uh, Tyron and Derek from... Uh, I can't remember the podcast. Hockey the Podcast. Hockey the Podcast, that's the one. Uh, lovely photo on Twitter late today with their mate Darren at the golf course. Oh, Dazza. Was yeah. Dazza out as well, was he? Oh, they were all out there on the golf course. I must say that that golf course... Looked lovely. It, it reminded me of the wonderful Browns at the Mount Magnet Golf Course. Uh, just a superb scenery there. Were they a Very, go, were they a golf queue away from it? Were they a golf stick away? What do they call no, them? No, they had the Duvers on. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, the Duvers. Yeah, yeah, the masky face mask. Yeah, remember, it's not a visual podcast, John. Just holding your hand over your face doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> good, good spotting text. Um, yeah, so how. Hi, Tyron. Hope it's going well. And Derek. And Darren. Who won, by the way? I'm sure we'll find out later. Text in your answers. Who um, are you putting your money we, on? We, um, I will say congratulations to both Keeley and Tansy, who both guessed three edits last week. We put it out to our patrons before uh, uh, the show with a little bit of a TRS Extra. You do get that occasionally, a TRS Extra. Um, if you're a Patreon subscriber this week, you received the Tom Craig interview Ahead of schedule. You don't have to wait until this show show coming out if you want to You'd support. You'd already have it, wouldn't you? Already listened to it. People have given the feedback already. There you go. Um, all you've got to do is go to... Should we pl- still put it in the show? Then? Yes, we yeah, will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick to support our hockey podcast endeavours. And thank you to all of our Patreons. We couldn't and wouldn't do it without you. Okay, what's next on your list? Oh, where do you want to go, mate? What's, what's I know I've got some of the things written on my list that you've written there. Well, should we give everyone a bit of a break of our voices and get Tom on? I think we should. That's a good idea. Um, uh, 
Kookaburra podcaster? Is it something like that? That'd be your phone. Could be him. Could be now. And delighted to have with us here this afternoon, Hockey Australia athlete and podcaster, Mr. Tom Craig. Tom, thanks for joining us on the show. Hello, fellas. How are we? We're good. The sun is shining here in Perth at the moment. What's what's it doing over there with with you in Sydney at the moment? Couldn't tell you. I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) You're locked inside inside doing (laughs) a podcast, mate. (laughs) At times, at times. I was doing that yesterday and I was doing a little bit of um, recording this morning as well, actually, as it happened. But um, I'm actually out in the backyard having a trip. I've got into golf recently, so that's what I'm doing. Great stuff. Now, of course, uh, you, you're in Sydney. A lot of your your cohorts, the Kookaburras, are in Perth at the moment. What's uh, what, what's the mood with the guys that aren't here on, in in the camp here in Perth? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, there are a few of us who are um, over on the east coast. I think it's a, it was a good opportunity to get some other areas of our life in order. Um, for me, it was a good chance to, to finally graduate uni. So hopefully, I do that by the end of the year. But also. Um, yeah, it's a good opportunity to, to get back to the East Coast and play with our home clubs and um, train with our home institutes. I found it pretty rewarding during Hockey One last year coming back because there are a lot of guys who aren't um, ordinarily exposed to, to training with kookaburras and um, I, re- I lacked that opportunity when I was growing up. So any opportunity to get back and kind of show what we're working on over in Perth and bring a bit of that to the rest of the country, I think is pretty good. Um, and and so. So I guess COVID's afforded that that luxury. Tom, what what is happening with uh, hockey in New South Wales at the moment? Are you able to get games in, or is it just training at this stage? Yeah, no, it's been um, we've been back for oh, competition started on the 26th of July, so I think this is week four of competition coming up. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's for we had kind of a slow return um, to to contact training. I think it was more or less two weeks before. Um, the competition started. We were able to start training uh, with contact, um, but yeah, pretty much been been all good. Like all the regulations are obviously in place. There are some um, things in place around the New South Wales Institute of Sport about uh, like going to the gym and that sort of thing. So the the training environment is different, but it's not. Um, yeah, it still works. It's fine. It's, it's working well. Is that club hockey? That's with the mighty ride Panthers, is it? Absolutely, yeah, with the Mighty Rock Panthers. We've got uh we got a we had a good we were looking pretty good actually. We at the start of the year, um, again it was a rare opportunity. We had uh Lockie Sharp, Tim Brand, myself, um, my brother Ben, um, so all all guys with Cookaburra Caps getting back and playing and um Wallbank had Flynn Ogilvy and UNSW had Kurt. Love it. So it was it was probably the most um most caps in the in the competition for, for a long time. So that was pretty cool. What's the secret of success there at Ride? Because there's been a, a long history of uh, Kookaburras and international players coming out of the club there. What, what's, what makes it such a hotbed or a breeding ground for successful players? To be honest, I, I think it's a, it's a number of things. Um, first and foremost, probably, I think the club does really well to, to kind of promote the sport and make it a good place to be. Um, so, for example... When I was growing up, I really wanted to be there, and I guess it's a good place to encourage people to stay in the sport. Um, and I guess maybe in more recent times, seeing that some guys have, guys and girls have come from our club to represent their countries, I think it's um, 
it, it provides it as like a viable option because I reckon there's a bit of disconnect, especially over on the east coast between um, grassroots and the international stage. Like we're not we're not very visible, the cookwares and the hockey roots. So um, I don't know how many people have that aspiration to kind of play for their country because you can't see what you can't see. So. Um, I, I certainly never really had that when I was growing up. I didn't know much about the Kukwaras or the Hoggeroos. Probably didn't know which was which. And, um, and yeah, but I think on top of that, it's also just people care at the club. And I think people care all across hockey. Like all clubs are probably the same in that sense. But there have been some really cool um, and motivated people coming through the club and um, and giving up their time to, to help juniors um, train a little bit more and get a little bit more um, coaching under their belt and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different things, but, um, yeah, I love it. I think we're doing good things there. Tom, does the, the club have its own turf? And if so, do you guys get to play your, your A-grade home games there? Yeah, we do. We do have our own right. turf. Um, we've been there for 75 years, I think, which is pretty good. Um, it's a bit tough because we're the biggest club in, in New South Wales and would be one of the biggest clubs in Australia. And we still only have one turf across <sighs> You know, we'd probably have 30 or 40 teams to have to train there, plus others. So, um, yeah, it's it's tricky, and I think we're looking to upgrade, but space is at a premium in Sydney at the moment, so I'm not sure how, how well we're going there. You've got to love those 8.30 Sunday night games then. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be some that no doubt get lumped with that time slot. Yeah, well, actually, to be fair, we, we um, in Sydney, we only ever play on a Saturday. Um, and this year is probably the first year that we've been able to um, consistently scheduled games for either 3.30 or 5.30. So I think for this year, we've got all games on at 5.30 um, and the rest are at... Oh, sorry. All games on at 3.30 and we have one at 5.30 um, and most of them are at ride. So that's pretty good for us. Um, the women play all their hockey on Sunday. Um, and I think, well, the way it works in Sydney is that there are two Premier Hockey Leagues and they're, they're disconnected. So there's the men's, the Sydney Premier League, and then there's the Sydney Women's Hockey League. Um, and the women play on Sunday and we play on Saturday, which is a bit of a shame because I think it works so well over in Perth um, where the men and the women play back-to-back and you get a better crowd and a lot more kind of club culture, whereas um, that's not really as big here in Sydney, and I think that probably needs to be looked at, I reckon. It's something we talk about a fair bit on the pod. Obviously, the, the Dutch model is that Sunday afternoon time slot, that's when your, your premier grades are played. All the club hockey happens on a Saturday. We pain here a little bit sometimes that I think last weekend our ones were on at home against Hale. Uh, we, we're, mm. we're both connected with, um, with Frio and all of the, the grass games, the people that you would expect to be in the bar watching those games were all happening at the same time. So the crowd was really mm. low and we just, you know, we pain over whether there is an ideal time to, to showcase the top grade as best we can. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think people kind of want to be able to structure their weekends, especially if they have kids and all that sort of thing. You don't, yes. like, you just want to make it as easy as possible for people to come watch. If you know first grade's playing at 3.30 and the women are playing, you know, before or after, then you can easily just log in your, your three hours out of the turf if you want to, um, as opposed to chasing up where they're playing, what time they're playing, which day they're playing on, yeah. um, all that sort of stuff. I just reckon it, it kind of it turns people away. Um, and, yeah, I, I fully agree with that point. Um, just back onto the international stuff then. What, what are the expectations for guys like yourself to get back into the program here in Perth? Is it just a case of, of wait and see at the moment? 
Uh, yeah, well, it's um, it's kind of a, I guess, case by case basis. The um, the coaching staff have been fantastic over in Perth, and um, understanding that you know this semester, speaking uni wise, is is very different. And um, you know, while we'd probably be over in Tokyo right now, that's obviously not happening. And the program needs to adjust to account for that. So while the majority of guys have gone back, we've been allowed the opportunity to come back for the the super camp um, again, pending. Uh, clearances to get back into WA, etc. But um, that's that's the that's the requirement for us that we be training and ready to go um, by the time that that selection super camp comes around in November. Selection super camp. It, it puts mm. a lot of a lot of pressure on players in the sense that it's like a one-off opportunity, isn't it? But then again, that's very much like the old Australian carnival from years ago, where the Australian you know they'd play the carnival every year, and that's where the team would get picked from. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I think that, um, yeah, I guess fringe players or people wanting to kind of make it to the next level don't have the luxury of an AHL or a, um, or a hockey one to show their wares. So, um, yeah, it's, I think it's kind of cool. Like, um, everyone's kind of training hard out wherever they are, Sydney, Melbourne or, or Brisbane and, um, hoping to, well, looking to peak at the right time and show that they have been doing the work over on the other side of the country. Do you think there's opportunities for some guys to, to be a bolter that perhaps the um, Batchy and the coaching staff have seen a bit more of in the local league here? Some fringe players? Uh, yeah, tough to say. Tough to say. I mean, it's um, it's a good place to go and get some exposure over in the Perth Comp side. I can imagine that um, you know the coaches are very switched on. They'll be looking at, at everyone who's, who's available because, um, yeah, I mean, it's another year. Another year to prove yourself. Um, and I think some of the guys in our squad kind of mentioned that when we broke up for the year was um, yeah, it's another year to, to have another crack at selection and, and new guys in the squad who might not necessarily have been um, guaranteed a place in that Tokyo touring team um, have perhaps a better opportunity with this year under the belt. Tom, have you got any, um, apart from the, the long distance input, have you got any coaches there that are, are looking after you or is it all the, the whole Zoom thing now as far as... Yeah, no... Yeah, nah, so, so with the, uh, I guess it's called the SIS DAS network, which is, um, yeah, in the institutes of sport or academies of sport, um, look after us pretty well. So we've got Brent Livermore, um, okay. over in, at New South Wales and he, he kind of runs our program. So, um, for while we're here, like we, we, yeah, I mean, we're in contact with the Australian network and making sure that everything we're doing is like there across and, um, that there's consistency throughout both programs. But I think that's the whole design of um, what we have in Australia is that you, sh- you should be able to kind of train at Entwist and be getting similar level of training and coaching as what you get over in Perth. Could this be a model for the future, Tom, as opposed to a centralised organisation that we've had for the last 30 years or whatever it is? Yeah, look, to be perfectly honest, um, I would I would love it to be. I think, I don't know, my, my opinion is that it's, it's just a bit hidden over in Perth, and I think um, everyone agrees in Perth that the the caliber of training that we get as a centralised squad is just is world class. Like I don't think anyone else um, can match the the level of training we get, and that's probably a big part of the recipe for success that um, that we've had over the years. Um, but I do think that it leaves or it neglects the the tier just underneath coming through and it's kind of it can be a little bit disheartening as well because you know if you're in the N-Swiss or, or the QIS or um, you know those regional institutes of sport 
um, if you haven't been identified by the time you're 21, 22, then um, it can be disheartening and maybe you'd go off and play hockey in Europe and, and give that Australian dream up. Whereas, um, as we know, like people were playing their best hockey 26 to 30 um, and a lot of other sports, which it is a viable option to continue to play for your club and um, rugby, for example. By the time you're 26 and 30, that's, that's a, a common time to be debuting um, in your international team. And I just think that being, yeah, I guess, isolated over in Perth, just, um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of missed opportunities there. Yeah, look, it, it, I, I hear the arguments pro and against having a, a unit based here in Perth, but it strikes me, does it, if you're going to go that centralised model, it doesn't matter where it goes, you're still going to get those problems happening everywhere anyway because yeah. it is a yeah. centralised program. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's a one half of another, isn't it? <laughs> No, absolutely. The centralized program, I think that's the, that's the thing. The centralized program, um, as you say, wherever it is, is going to be the problem because you're, you're effectively kind of cutting out those guys from, um, from hockey in the rest of Australia. I mean, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess the, the tyranny of distance doesn't, doesn't really help. I mean, guys can't get back and play and contribute in their local clubs as much as they'd probably like to. Whereas, um, I mean, the East Coast places are, are a lot closer to each other, but, um, you have the same thing. Like, how do you how do you stop, um, or how do you kind of filter the Aussie guys back through the the city that they're in? I think Perth does a pretty good job of that with the draft system and um, making them available for club hockey. But um, yeah, I, I would like to see a, a stronger connection between the top players in the country and and everywhere else. Basically, Tom, in the last couple of years, we've we've seen the pro league, etc., and. Um, the Australian teams always had a, a fairly heavy touring schedule, especially in the lead up to the to an Olympics. But do you think that with what's happened this year, you are actually given the opportunity to play more club hockey than perhaps you would otherwise? I mean, we we yeah. here in Perth know that just because you have an Australian player or an AIS player listed with you doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be at the club for a lot. Uh, for sure. Um when I was over in uh, Perth, I, I played for a couple of clubs there. But um, Mark Knowles, I guess, to to go on that point, is a great example. Like he was drafted for Curtin Pirates for over ten years and probably would have played as many games. Um, <laughs> and and that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, but yeah, I, I well, for example, like I've spent my entire life playing at the Ride Hockey Club until um, until I kind of got picked over to to play in the national program. And since then, I probably would have played fewer than 10 games and this is this was a rare opportunity to get the whole season in um, which is just something that I, I, was, I, I always look forward to this opportunity um, and I absolutely love it and it's a, it's a shame I, I see it as a shame but just something that it's just the way it is and yes. um, we definitely all accept that On a personal level you, you mentioned uni semesters before you're, you're studying at the moment Tom? I am yeah yeah I've been studying for probably <laughs> This is my eighth year, maybe, I reckon. Sixth or eighth year, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's taken a wee while. I started studying when I was in Sydney, so I had a year out of high school, um, studying at Sydney, and then when I moved to Perth, I had a couple of years, um, kind of floundering around trying to navigate the, the university system before I settled into something a little bit more consistent. So yeah, hope to be finished by the end of the year, um, which would be great. So that's, so you've got distance learning at the moment? Distance learning, yeah, which suits me fine because that's what I've been doing the entire time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no real change. So what, what are you studying, Tom? I'm studying law. 
Oh, okay. You better watch yourself, mate. Oh, yeah. You better not say the wrong thing. Watch my, watch my words. <laughs> I thought you were going to make it easy for me then. Go, well, I'm studying journalism. And go, well, t- talk, talk to us about your podcast. Uh, but of course, you, yeah, you do do the help side podcast and you've had some great people. On. Right, tell the listeners, tell us about the help side podcast and most importantly, what's the, uh, the, the story behind the name, the help side? Yeah. Well, um, I guess similar to, I'm not sure what, what you guys, um, I don't know why you guys started this, but I, I was just kind of thinking that um, you see all these sports that have great stories um, and great kind of people. And uh, if you wanted to listen to you know an interview about any member of any of the Australian top teams or the top sports, you could find it somewhere. Um, and I just found that even if people did want to know about what their, you know, the people they see on TV playing hockey were up to or who they were, there's not a great opportunity to do that. And um, considering a lot of them now, I'm privileged enough to call them my friends. I figured it's a good opportunity to, to I guess, bring bring them to the public. Um, I guess they have brilliant things to say, and I feel like a lot of people would be very interested to hear what they have to say. So, yeah, um, it's called The Help Side. It's uh, pretty much just about getting to know the people um, who you see on TV and what they're like off the pitch. Um, to be honest, I definitely kind of like, even though that's our clear directive, um, a lot of it is also just talking through a lot of their on-pitch exploits and what that felt like. But I guess it's kind of just about humanising and giving some personality to, to the top players in, in World Hockey. Oh, that's a good word, Tom, humanising. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because oh, I think a lot of sports people across a lot of sports, um, they do become dehumanised, they become objects or idols rather than a human being. Well, I thought you were making reference to the fact he hasn't had any umpires on there yet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the umpires are coming. It's, it's a well-rounded, it's a well-rounded experience. The umpires are coming. Good, good. And I'm, I'm looking for, I haven't caught up with the Mo Furt's first uh, um, two editions yet, so I noticed that you, you're splitting some of these other ones. You're obviously talking far too much. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know, just every time I I do an interview, I absolutely love talking to them, and it's a shame having to cut it off in an hour. So we kind of figured um, two bite-sized chunks, like maybe 45 minutes to an hour each episode is a lot more manageable, and it also means that, I mean, you really only interview these people once, um, and you really want to hear as much as what they have to say as possible. Like for the for the first one, he's um, he's probably one of my most admired athletes, and, and spending an hour and a half chatting to him. Was a, was a great option and I learned a lot and I think that's the beauty of this stuff is that I learned heaps. I learned heaps and I love talking to them and, um, and I'm basically just recording it and hoping that other people like it too. Well, there's a, there's a tough one for you. If there's, if there's one thing that you've learned from the, what are we on, 13 shows now? Uh, yeah, yeah, 14 so, dropping tomorrow. What, what, yeah. oh, yeah. what, what would be the, the most, I don't know, the, not necessarily sensationalist, but the, the thing that surprised you the most and might surprise future listeners? Um, oof. There's a, there's a lot. I reckon each interviewee kind of, um, they bring their own theme to it. I mean, some kind of get focused, and depending on what that person's interests are, I mean, some people are quite happy to talk about themselves and their learnings about themselves um, and their journey and their story. I mean, Kieran Govers is a great example of that. He, he's, had a, he's had a tough journey, and he was very open and candid about um, how it all went, um, dealing with injuries and that sort of thing. And then Rochelle Hawkes um, was all about building a successful team. Um, and um, I actually I interviewed Anna Flanagan yesterday, and she's 
um, she's I'm actually producing. Oh, we'll put her episode out today. Um, and that was another story again about kind of like the high profile, probably the the highest profile hockey athlete we've had in Australia outside of maybe Jamie, especially for people who don't know the sport. Yeah. Um, and she did a great job of marketing herself, and that was a really conscious effort on her part to kind of bring um, her image to to light to the public eye in order to grow the sport, which was a really interesting um, point. But I think perhaps the most um, interesting thing that I've learned was probably from um, Moritz Furster in the sense that uh, watching him play, he was never probably the most talented guy, and he, had, he admitted that and he made note of that. But I just remember watching him play. He was just so mentally fortified, um, and that was almost his, his influence. And what made him so good was just so strong mentally, and it was infectious throughout his team. And I was surprised to learn that he actually studied psychology um, and has an active interest in psychology, and that's just, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. So, does he have any good sledges? Did he? I'd like to. I'd like to know if he if he worked on his opponents or not during the game using that psychology. Oh yeah, absolutely. He worked on. Um, well, he worked on his teammates. Um, and you have to listen to it. But he he worked on me. My first time I ever played him, I was nineteen. Um, yeah. at Champions Trophy in Bubanesha, and he and I had like a a collision on the field. I guess it was off the ball, and um, we both got sent off. And they eventually won that game. And after the game, he came up to me and he said, you've got a lot to learn, buddy, with this smirk on his face. And that took us out of the semi-final. And I hated him. I absolutely hated him. After that, I, I remember talking to David Guest, the old assistant coach of the Cookways, about it. I hate that guy. Um, but I ended up playing with him, and he's a great fella. He's awesome. Like anyone you play against, really. They're just they're great people, but... Doesn't mean you have to like playing against him. You'll have to ask Orchie about his first encounter with Dazza McCormick uh, over here <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> oh, and be a, you can you can put together a book about encounters with Dazza McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're putting that on the club website. Yeah. We'll take that <laughs> so, where can people find the pod? All the usual places, Tom. Yeah, all the usual places: Spotify. Um, Apple iPods. To be honest, this isn't my day. I don't really know about podcasting. I'd never really listened to them until um, I I did one. So I don't I don't know. Spotify, Apple, wherever else you find it, I'm pretty sure we're there. And don't the- worry about it, Tom. I've never listened to one of ours either, and we're at episode 157. <laughs> I had to listen to you boys the other day actually when when you approached me about doing this. I listened. I reckon you got some great stuff. All right, thank, thank you. you. Very um, yeah, you're welcome. Um, so socials, you know, not everybody can, is, is smart enough to go and subscribe to your pod. They need a little prod every now and again. Where can they find you on the socials? Yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the help side, one word. Um, so yeah, pretty easy. And there's some, there's some stuff up there and, and links to everything you need to know. Do it, folks. Get on and yeah. follow at the help side and subscribe on all, wherever you get your podcast at the help side. Just, just before we go, Tom. Um, if you're speaking mm. to Batchy, um, my mm. form's pretty good. Over 50s, do oh, yeah. four. I'm still available if needed. <laughs> Especially when numbers are down, eh? You've got a few guys stranded over on the East Coast. I think yeah. it's your opportunity to get it run. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking of relocating to Tokyo just in case that gave me a Batchy <laughs> actually, actually opened the door for me today as I pulled a keg through the uh, club room oh, doors. Did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Nice fella. Did yeah. yeah, that's not bad. I reckon, in fairness, though, you'd probably have to push Rob Hammond out of the spot because I reckon he's more likely to pat up. Than, you, reckon, uh, you reckon he's keen still? Uh, uh, he's 
itching. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. All the best with uh, not only your hockey endeavours, but your podcast endeavours too, and, uh, and your studies. Busy Beautiful. boy. Thanks, that was, that was fun. Hello, I'm Nick Irvin, and you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Indeed, you are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Thank you, Nick. And, of course, thank you to Tom. Great to hear. Uh, sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> it was good. Craig, not Greg. <laughs> great. Thanks to Tom for Tom coming great. on the show. Do go and check out the help side, wherever you get your podcast and on on all of the socials at the help side. Great yeah. stuff. Check it out. Uh, Anna Flanagan one's out now. I haven't listened to that either. I've got three to catch up on now. Keep me busy. You've got about eight hundred podcasts. To catch uh, it's, up on. it's pretty full there at the moment. But um, I'm just gonna. I'm just not listening to the USA field hockey one, and I won't mention some of the other ones. I'm not listening to at the moment. Um, just before we move on, Matt. Sure. Some breaking news. Sure. Sure. Uh, two lots of breaking news. According to uh, a tweet from the FIH. <laughs> this is funny. Congratulations to FIH's former competition manager, Martin Gallivan, on being appointed as the new president of Hockey Wales. Yeah. Former competitions manager. Yeah, so. John, John, that was uh, tweeted at about exactly the same time as we were making that comment. And is this another case of, shh, FIH, you're listening. Could, could be, be, Matt. Could be. Could be. Uh, the other news that has come out in the last couple of minutes, mm-hmm. which we can definitely confirm yes is that the euro hockey league final eight is off it's been cancelled it was due to take place in october uh the 14th to the 18th yeah. at wagner stadium in amstelvenia september 1st was a cut off date to make a final decision but the current situation development and the potential variables involved they've decided to act early and decisively come to the decision comes with a heavy heart, and they'd hope to bring together the European hockey community in a celebration of sport. Not going to happen because of the pandemic, basically. And, of course, um, that, that's come from yeah. our friend Findo, who's supposed to be on the show this week. And, well, he's, um, well, he's busy putting this press well, yeah, out. That's right. it has so, literally just landed. And, and I'll get a bit, I'll get a bit, a bit better yeah. organised with an earlier time slot to have a chat with him next week. So Findo will give us updates on um, all of this European stuff and what's going on in Ireland. Some really interesting stuff happening in Ireland with the uh, um, different challenges going on from clubs with regard to the early finish of the season. But, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with Fendo next week on that. What else? you got anything else uh, on there, For John? the 2021 season, it will not be possible to play the regular EHL men's KO16 event in October. Three separate con- um, competitions will take place in Easter 2021. EH World Women's Final 8, the EHL Men's Final 12, and an EHL Men's Cup. Um, the EHL Women's Final 8 will be from the April 1st to Monday, April 5th. Um, team uh, one, two teams from Netherlands and Germany, one team from Spain, England, Ireland, and Belarus. The EHL men's final twelve, March thirty-one to April five, uh, and that will be um, top nine ranked nations. One 
ranked team from the top nine. Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, Spain, England, Russia, France, Scotland and Ireland. They will be joined by second-ranked teams from Germany, Netherlands and Belgium. Did you say second-ranked? By the second-ranked. <laughs> it does, that's what it says, by the second-ranked No, no, I thought you said second-ranked teams. <laughs> second-ranked. Uh, the number one seed from the top four-ranked nations will receive a bye to the final eight. The remaining eight sides will play in four knockout matches to join them in the final eight. Losers will then go into rankings matches from ninth to 11th. The Cup will feature eight teams in knockout four matches, three matches in four days. They'll be playing. Uh, the competition will feature the third-ranked team from Germany, the Netherlands and Belgium, the second-ranked side from Spain, England and Russia, and the first-ranked clubs from Belarus and Austria. So there you go. That's what's looking ahead towards the EHL stuff. Well, it looked, there's also mention of what's going to happen in 2022 as well, and all I can say is, well done, because it's providing some clarity. It's, it's a firm decision. It's not being wishy-washy about it. This is what's no. going to happen. Let's, Plan let's, for it. Yeah, let, let's be realistic about what we can do within the time frames and, and you know what, what's happening in the world. And at I'm the sure moment. only in the next couple of weeks we'll be hearing there's winners and losers out of this announcement as far as things goes. Uh, but you know, you've just got to do it, don't you? Not much you can do. Of course, you can find out more about it by going to eurohockey.org. We'll have all the latest information there about exactly what's going on with the uh, European. Uh, national hockey season, if you can call it that. Yeah, anyway. well, you know, club, club, clubs are starting to get fixtures out. They certainly are in England. Um, there's uh, yeah, club training back on um, in the Netherlands, in Belgium, I think, to a certain degree. Uh, so we're we're slowly getting to a return. But yeah, who knows? It's, it's as with the pro league and the plans with that. There's lots of different things happening in different parts of the world, and uh, it, it doesn't mean that everybody can be involved, yeah, unfortunately. It's still a very fluid situation. Mm-hmm. Um, more? Let's keep going. Hockey, hockey WA tipping competition. Back to the bottom of the ladder this oh. week. Oh, shocking week last week. No, we tipped three, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did again. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wasn't a good weekend well, that, for no, the boys, that, was they, it? No, they had a loss. Uh, it was nice. Um, I think, did I mention it in the Tom Craig? No, I'd mentioned it in the Tom Craig. It was... Uh, well, Terry Walsh was coaching for, for Wasps against Freo down there, and uh, yep. yeah, Colin Batch was down there watching the game as well. It's, uh, Held the door good, open good, for good. him. He did. He had the door open. That was good. With a keg. That's uh, important. He knows where the important... Yeah. Yeah. He knows. Uh, yeah. Did you win? So, sorry, hockey... You didn't so, up ho- high, though, did you? I'll oh, save that for the that segment. Uh, yeah, that segment coming in yeah. a moment. No, we haven't got a sting for that. We can talk about it. I don't want to ruin... ruin can it. I do it? Can yeah. I do the face? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> It's time, folks, for Idiots Talk Umpiring. You did it. Um, Quarter breaks. I've got written down Idiots Umpiring Quarter Break. Can I just say one thing? Right. This is my my Idiots Talking Umpiring last week. Okay. (laughs) So I played two games last weekend. I played one game on the grass on Saturday and uh, with the the 40s Divi 3 boys. And I'm at full back again. Oh, the guy in the opposition, he's throwing 60, 60, 70 metre overhead. He was throwing. I did see him throwing So I'm standing at the top of the D. I've got the centre forward somewhere around me. They're a useful side. Good side. Lots of good movement. Some good ball players. Um, and so I set myself. I know where the ball's going. I'm sitting right on the top of the D. And as it's dropping, I can feel this guy ferreting around behind me. Yeah. And it was just, I, I just sensed he was there, and I think you don't want to be here, mate, because it's going it's to get blown. Anyway, ball drops onto the end of the stick. Thanks very much. Control it. And before I know I it, he's, he's coming on the left hand side from me and sort of 
jabbed at the ball. It's popped up. And as the ball's popped up, I've, oh, maybe about waist height for me, I've gone to have a swing at it to get it out of the danger zone. And he's just put his head right where the ball is. So, right, right onto his noggin, in between his eyes. He's dropped to the floor like a sack of spuds, clutching at his face. And I'm going, oh, no. And I've looked down and he's, he's sort of, you see the, the blood flowing out between his fingers onto the field. It's like, oh, I've got time, time. Now, can I just see the first aid, ice, first, get, and everyone's looking at me. Get some first aids. I, can I just say at this point, yeah. I did see this uh, particular event take place. Did you? Yeah, and and you were right. Nobody on the sidelines, anybody, we were all standing there watching the game, and no one could figure out what had happened because you were standing under this ball, and. As you say, you caught it exactly as you described it, and the next thing, a bloke's lying on the ground wailing, and no one knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, well, I knew, and and I was accused that was I being a teacher? Was I trying to teach him a lesson? And that was no, there was no, nobody wants to hurt another player in, intentionally at all. After the fact, well, yeah, you, you know, hopefully you've learned your lesson. Um, <laughs> but but it, but it's not something that I enjoyed doing. But my issue with the idiot on the, with with regard to umpiring is. That just needn't have happened. If that was blown, as soon as it was clear that that guy was anywhere near me as the ball was dropping onto the end of my stick, if it's blown there, he doesn't have to go and have stitches. And you know. And, and it must uh, be uh, said, you were awarded the free hit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Post, no, post it happening. Instead no, of it, as you say, being blown before. It's, it's, his own teammates came up, don't worry about it, mate, he's a bloody idiot. He shouldn't have had his head in there. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Big smile on his face for the rest of the afternoon as they were standing around having oh, a, um, um, a cool, refreshing beverage after the game. all the mermaids you could see. That was what I was smile <laughs> yeah, on maybe he didn't face. actually offered him a beer twice and he didn't, he, he wouldn't take it. But no, he, he was fine. But yeah, you gotta blow it. Otherwise, you don't know what's gonna happen next, do you? So, two idiots, one umpiring who didn't blow it. That's you, Maddie. And the bloke for putting his head in the way of my stick as well. It must as be dub, said, as a double idiot situation in, Matt, in uh, idiot Matt's talk umpire. Matt's coming as an umpire, though. Oh, yeah, no, said, I enjoy it. No, I, no, he's good. You know, he's, he's umpired yeah. me for a few years now, starting out when he was about 15. Yeah, he just needs to come and watch me a few times, get a few a few hints <sighs> and a few tips. <laughs> he gets enough hints and tips off you while you're playing. Doesn't need to come and watch you. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, probably right. Any, any, any umpiring uh, gossip or scandal from you this week? Uh, well... I, only that um, Matt should also learn the obstruction rule just quietly. Oh, but right. le- look, this leads me on to another area. Did he umpire your game as well? Yeah, he did. Jeez, that's he's, a, he's that... all right. I mean, no, no you know, he's... that's a hundred for him so far. Huh? Yeah, he's done all right. Yeah, isn't he? I know he did a couple more as well. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. doing all right every weekend and um, getting his games in. Umpires of the world, but, come to birth. Um, he 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 was fine for that level of hockey. He was very. You know, no, yeah. Did he get everything what, right? What are you no. saying? You just, you just, fine, you, no, you just went about six seconds. You went about okay. six seconds, and you went. Eh, I'm ugh. trying to find oh. the right words yeah. for it, and no. I can't. Competent. Okay, so yeah, competent, maybe, yeah, whatever. Anyway, but the obstruction rule. Yeah. Which leads me into. I love it. I love what you can get away with these days. Yeah. Well, I was stick that ass out there. Uh, look, I got to thinking. I want to write a list down with everything I think that's wrong with the game. Okay. Okay. Is this and, is this technically idiots talking umpiring? Or is this another another segment 
Johns, this is what's wrong with the game. <laughs> well, it's technically not Idiots Talk Umpire, well, but we've got nowhere else to go with that. But it involves, it in, does involve idiots talking about umpiring, and you'll understand in a minute. Okay. Now, I'm just talking purely about the, uh, the game itself on, on the field. I'm not talking about any of the other palaver we might talk about that's wrong with the game or right with the game. These, this is what I wrote down. And I wrote down the issue and what I thought of it. Foot rule. Joke. Obstruction rule. Joke. Stick obstruction rule. Joke. Uh, the danger rule. Overheads. Joke. Quarters. Joke. 60 minute games. Joke. And guess what I wrote for short corners? What? Joke. What? <laughs> okay. I think all of those areas of just the actual game itself need to be looked at very carefully and a lot of the laws or rules need to be rewritten and made more understandable and made, in a sense, take the opinion out of them and, and make the game the, far the, the easier inter- to the, un- the interpretation, interpretation and, and make the game far easier to both umpire and to watch as a spectator, especially introducing it to new spectators. Do you want yeah. to pick on any of them? Any of them? No, no, no. Find them no funny I, and think, a joke? I think they're all a joke, mate. You, you do? Uh, foot rule... It doesn't, that. yeah, it doesn't, do you want to go through them all? No, let's not go through them all now. But, um, foot rule, if it hits somebody's foot and there's nobody anywhere near them, I don't really care. I, I, I don't, spirit of the game, I don't need yeah, to profit Yeah, but pro- that, what we're talking about is taking the interpretation up. out of the game, because we see with this rule that what happens is that there's patently... Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Is it a foot or not? If it hits the foot, it's then a, it's hit the foot, then it's a then, foot. Then it's Interpretation a foot. isn't required. It's understandable for non-hockey people to view the game and go, well, it hit his foot. Yeah. Hang on. The didn't, other side... Uh, rather than having that... Didn't it just hit his foot? I thought if it hit your foot, you couldn't... When I played at school, if it hit your foot, you couldn't... Oh, right, you can if... Oh, okay. And the other side of it is exactly what you're talking about, in, in a sense, and that is that it rewards a lack of skill that rule, and and that's one of the basic skills of the game, is to being able to trap a ball, and it, it's like saying um, oh, yeah you know, the guy was straight, yeah, straight in the middle yeah. of the stump, yeah, 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 but yeah. you know, he tried to hit it, yeah. so he's not out LBW well, yeah. he didn't hit it you know, so he should be out, and that's the same applies to that foot rule, hits your foot it's a free hit. You um, Do you mind if people play the ball between the legs? In what sense? To play, a, play the ball between the legs because that, that wasn't allowed in the in in former versions of the rules. Back between your legs. Yes, playing yes, playing the ball between your legs. Oh, well, are you moving? Yes. Well, is, maybe we're, not. We're, we're, maybe not moving. Is someone attempting to tackle you or make a tackle? Well, it depends on. Yeah, potentially. And it depends well, no, where, where the body they position are or is. Not. They're not potentially. Or, yeah, it depends what direction they're coming from. Yeah, or yeah. How, what you're trying to do with the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're moving, so, so if so the I'm, ball is right, physically, okay, so, the ball is physically between your feet. Is I'm that ro- what you're talking I'm about? Ro- I'm rolling the ball, um, left and right. Outside, 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 outside of my right foot, um, in a kind of a, a south pass move. I'll bring it in left a little bit and then chuck it underneath my left leg and spin out, spin out and, and go the other way. Well, it depends which way you spin around the person that's coming to attack you. Okay, you can't so, spin your body in the way between them and the ball. Well, you, you kind of can if you're fluid, though, can't you? No, and that's, you where, and that's where your issue comes in with with obstructioners of what you can do with your fluid, body. Whether you do it fluidly or clunky, you're still doing it. 
So do you, do you, do you, uh, you, you, how do you feel about people playing the ball between the legs then? Well, it should be, it, you, as long as you're not obstructing anybody, right, okay. there's no problem right. with it, okay. is there? No, well, that's good. All right. As long right. as you're not obstructing I'm anybody. I'm just going to write that down. So I'm going to just write that down. He's happy. Sure. Oh, oh, why are you writing that down particularly? I'm interested to know. Well, it's just it might come up in the future, that's all. The, uh, wait a second. Oh, what else you got there? Danger over. Are you yeah, talking you got, about that you fight? Got, you got to write down, as long as they don't obstruct next to yes, I agree with that. As long as they don't obstruct. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, okay, put, I'll, put, I'll put that in brackets there, John. Uh, what else you got on there? The uh, quarters. Interest in UK for club hockey and everything outside of the Premier League. They've stuck with the 35 each way. Good on them. Um, but it, 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 I think, did we talk about this last week? The ridiculous nature of the fact that we play the 17-minute quarters now. And so that adds, adds up to 34 in, in each half, 68 minutes, with a two-minute break on each of the quarters. <laughs> yeah, the game's actually longer. And nobody plays to the two minutes. Nobody plays to the two minutes no, for, the, for, team, for, the, for the two breaks. Teams will walk off the field. Yeah. Um, umpires, they, they're not caring. No. I haven't seen one umpire yet. You know, they sort of walk out there and teams sort of go, oh, and we wander back in. Well, they blow the whistle after two minutes to get them out. Yeah, it's um, and I thought you could just play on, you know, if you if it's your you can. if your if your if your restart, if yeah, you can. Yeah. But what does that say? What happens if the other team doesn't come out? And you well, understand? Well, we've seen it in international level, haven't we? They haven't. The other team haven't come out. They've had too long a break, mm. and the game's just started. And that and the goalkeeper's running onto the field. Was it Korea a couple of years ago? Might have been. Can't, yeah, I can't remember what game it was. But. So the the the, the rule. Definitely does not work anywhere below, you know, top level hockey, and it's arguable it doesn't work at top level hockey either. It's just, just a joke. And look, I know that there's many within the umpiring fraternity that love having quarter time breaks. Gentlemen, there are 168 hours in the week. A game of hockey now goes for 60 minutes, which leaves 167 hours a week. Where you have access to your players. For coaches. For coaches. Yeah. So, for umpires. If you, if you can't find the way to get them to do what you want them to do in 167 hours, the two minutes that you get at a quarter time break make sweet FA difference. And as you said, gentlemen as well then. There are female coaches as well. I know they're very Gentle under, people. I know they're very under, underrepresented in, um, well, any coach, I know, it doesn't matter what, <laughs> honestly, it, Staggers me, and, and in some ways, it's an indictment on coaching that you need to go out there and coach people like that. That's my opinion. Love to hear others. It's getting a bit wound up here, ladies and gentlemen. If you do have a, an opinion, you you can get in touch with us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter, all at the Reverse Stick, or you can drop us an email, Matt at the Reverse Stick dot net, and maybe. John at the reverse stick.net, but he might have stuffed his email um, up. Have you fixed that yet? No. No. So I send it to Matt at the reverse stick.net. Or if you're a Patreon, get in touch via Patreon. We've got the little chat chat thing there. Short corners as well, but we've been over short corners many times. Lots of, I think they should stay. I, th- I love short corners, but there are some issues with the way that we're allowing them to happen, including drag flicks, including where runners come from. So. Just while we're in that area and totally unrelated to what you're talking about there, I've just got a plea to goalkeepers. If the ball's coming in towards your goal at velocity, don't guess as to whether it's been hit inside or outside the D or whether it's been deflected inside or outside the D. Just please kick it. Just clear it away. 
three goals this season from three different goalkeepers who've just gone, oh, I'll, just, I'll leave that and move, move out of the way. You had your first loss on the weekend. Yeah, my, my personal, personal first, first loss. loss. Ooh, two one down, two one down, a stroke with a minute to go, um, after being one nil up. Yeah, Ben and I said over 50 DB1 boys about the end of their game. Oh, they 4-4 draw or loss? There's no, 4-3 loss or... 3-all draw. Oh, 3-all draw with a stroke a with ben, 10 seconds to go. Yeah, that's idiots doing umpiring. That's another thing. <gasps> oh, you oh, changed it. I thing. didn't change a thing. You well, did, well, I did you... change it over there for, yeah, for the laughter thing, change didn't I? The... Oh, sorry. No, I've got none of that coming no. in, mate. There we go. Uh, let's, uh, let's go... Let's go, John, to here. Yeah. I'm Reece Smith, and you're listening to the Reverse Stick Podcast, Low Ho Ho. Oh, I know why you like that one. The Reverse Stick. Low Ho Po, baby. For um, normal people, that's global hockey I've podcast. got a, I've got a couple of normal people, yeah, but for the ute, for the ute market, John, for the ute market. Um... You're buying a car. Hockey, hockey museum. Lots of good stuff going out at the moment. In fact, there's an, in, an article on Stanley Shoveler, which oh, has really? gone up in today or yesterday um, from one of the guys there. Of course, we did talk about Stanley a, a few weeks ago on the show. Formerly the probably the greatest centre forward in the forward in the world at the time. Whilst we're on hockey history, on the hockey museum site, John, there's about half a dozen different general history of hockey quizzes that are on there and you can just go on on your phone or on the on the laptop and um pop up a quiz get a timer they're out of 11 i like that 11 players on the field um should we just have a bit of fun john just maybe just go through the first five on this one we won't go through the whole lot which country produced you can play along at home as well i will uh I'll ask the question, give you the four answers, let John have a little ponder for a moment, and uh, and then we'll give you the answer. John, which country produced the first hockey postage stamp? Great Britain, India, Japan, or Germany? Oh, I used to collect stamps. I was a philatelist when I was a kid. Uh, first hockey stamp. Oh, I'd have to go Great Britain, because that first stamps, that's where hockey came from. You're going for Great Britain? Mm-hmm. And what are you going for at home? Oh, this is a good segment. No, Japan. It's Japan. <laughs> In which year was the first hockey postage stamp published? Published? Yeah. Uh, that would, uh, sometime after 1964. I oh, I was supposed to give you the, old... <laughs> I'm just hanging on. I'm going to have to go back. I've got for the options. 1969, 1973, 1980. Oh no, that's now. In which year were subsets of air? Are you? <laughs> Oh, congratulations with this segment. <laughs> it says previous, but it doesn't take you proof. In which year was hockey first played in the Olympic Games? 1896, 1904, or 156. I'll have to go for 156. 137. That's more than that. That's 137. When did you get that? Maybe from? slash eight. No, this is, this is current. In which year were substitutes first introduced into hockey? 1969, 1973, 1980, or 1988? What? 
What year were what? what Substitutes. Oh, give me the dates again. 69, 73, 80 89. or 88. 80. Go 1980. It's 1973. Oh, yeah. And for more hockey quiz fun, head to www.hockeymuseum.net. Just search quizzes. You can find it on there. You can also donate artifacts and archives and uh, even some cash if you want to help out the uh, singular most fantastic hockey history source in the whole of the world. That's oh, good. I'm not very good at it. Can we not do this segment again? It's very embarrassing. What? Uh, I was doing all right. I was, uh, I was getting better because every time I, I did the quiz again, I knew, knew the wrong answers yeah. from before. I was, I was getting, 11 out of 11. getting them all wrong. <laughs> you know, another groovy sting to play. You, you know what time it is, John. Okay, go on. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> That's right. It's time for Dear John. The um, you just hit me the, with a quiz. I had nothing to the, do. The auntie, uncle. I've got to hit you with this again because it's so good. <laughs> I didn't know you could play the. Is that a French horn? It is a French horn. Yeah, it you can play French the French horn. horn. Yeah, well, just dabble. Oh, okay, just dabble. You know, yeah, it, it plays havoc with my hockey hands. Of course, yeah. oh, uh, John. This week, uh, it's this is this one's coming from the UK. Where was last week's one coming from? Last week's one. This is from Didsbury in the UK. Didsbury, uh, uh, just A A are the initials. Um, Dear John, our club kitchen is truly awful, <laughs> but Ivy, the manager, has been running it for thirty-five years and just won't leave or accept any help. Do we have to wait for Ivy to die to have decent teas, or is there another solution? And thank you, AA, for sending that in. Of course, you can email Matt at thereversestick.net to send in your Dear John letters in the absence of a, a Dear John mailbox. Well, Ivy. Well, fantastic, Ivy, for your 35 years of, of service to the club, um, AA. I think you should probably show a bit of uh, deference for, for that. How bad she are the teas, I guess? She didn't ask you. No, I'm sorry. I'm just, it's just, it's just that club committee kind of year, isn't it? It's standing up for Ivy, but yeah. Well, can I suggest there is a, a way out of this? Mm-hmm. I would present Ivy with a special long service to life membership. And attached to this special long service life membership, mm-hmm. non-playing life membership. Yep. I'll, I'll attach um, a free supply. Well, maybe she was a player. We don't, we don't, a, we don't know, a, we don't know Ivy's story. A free supply of the cheapest sherry you can possibly buy, and uh, and that should be part of Ivy's member. You can get. By the way, part of your life membership means you get free sherry. Oh, really? You're assuming Ivy's old and she wants to drink sherry. Yeah. You're assuming that Ivy's a woman. Yeah. Okay. So Sherry, I didn't write the letter. Sherry, AA wrote the letter. Jeez, you're causing some consternation in here tonight. AA, Helen Anonymous. (laughs) AA. Anyway, go on. Well, you know that's it. You know, so that's your answer. That's your answer. That's your answer. So an award, a life membership, and free and free Sherry, what for life? Yeah, and then just tell her that the the kitchen's opening, like. 
two hours before the time you actually need the kitchen to open, mate, by then, you'll be able to go and, yeah, but two the, hours of free series, you'll but be gone. Does, it, does this mean that AA's putting their hand up to run the kitchen, or, the, or, the, or is it just an, another club whinger? No, well, that that's part of my answer, in that is that, you're only asking me how to get rid of it. You're not asking me how to run a kitchen. That's up to you. If if you guys there think you can run the kitchen... Don't talk to me. Talk to AA. AA? Yes. If you think you can run the kitchen, we'll run it. Give her the life membership. Make sure she's... As, as, gets the sherry. Gets the sherry yeah. every time she walks in there. And uh, it'll be sweet. She'll be on the couch. In fact, tell her that... Um, now that she's got this special life membership, she's got a special purple chair at the club huh? with free sherry. Okay. Sherry, purple chair, purple chair. life membership, yep. and an award. Um, there you go, AA. That, that, AA. That's the solution there. That's from, my solution. From, from dear John, isn't it? Well, yep. there we the go. The kitchen running stuff, you can look after that yourself. That's it. I would suggest ham and cheese toasties, though. Very good. Dear... There you go. Dear John, done for another week. If you have a query, a question, a quandary in your world of hockey, please do send it through for uh, for Dear John and maybe you can get some words of wisdom from our uh, Uncle Auntie and I, Agony Uncle Lee. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Aunt. Um, yeah. I, I would also suggest you probably let me see the letters before there's, you read them out. There's no fun in that. I could probably give a sensible answer. I mean, I, could, I might have a sensible answer to that question. John. I know people. You can get things done for a price. This is not the point of... We don't want Dear sensible, okay? Hopefully they can't hear this. Just with that play. Okay. Okay, I'm back to it. Right. What's next then? Oh, well, that's it for me, man. Not, not a lot. You you playing this weekend? What's going on? I am. I am playing this weekend. you got a... Uh, down to Rocco. Oh, you got a trip down there. I'm out towards the Swan Valley. Uh, we're right, up yeah. the opposite ends of the metropolitan yeah. area, the yeah, large yeah. or greater area. But I, um, I'm uh, not playing my turf game on Sunday because it's a very happy birthday to Mrs. Allen, of who, of course, I wouldn't be able to do this show without the support of. And uh, today, John, it's also a... Yeah, Mrs. Lee's birthday today. There we go. So uh, It was th- a big day for us. She got a senior's card in the mail today. <laughs> Thank you for the unending and unerving support of the, uh, the main ladies in our lives because, uh, yeah, we really couldn't do it without them. No, we couldn't. Thanks, folks. We'll Speak catch you next week. week. Yeah, yeah, have a good hockey week. Uh, another one. I hope you have a win or at least uh, you get some socially distanced training in. Bye. Overheads. Aerials. Aerials, is that what they're called? I, I got this feeling that they're actually, it's worse the game than we think. And I can't wait. Well, I can't wait. That's wrong. I can just see the moment someone at a high level is going to hit, hurt badly, and it's going to have something to do with stick swinging in the air and all that sort of stuff. And the next thing we know, people will be calling for helmets. And I just got a bad feeling about it, man. I've got a bad feeling.